Hey, welcome to this edition of Clarity Chat podcast. I have with me Rajesh Uppal, CIO and CHRO of Maruti Suzuki. In today's session, he is going to talk about his journey, an accidental move to IT, building Maruti IT in a startup mode, the lean culture at Maruti making digitization a no-brainer, and the enormous transformations possible with technology. He has some strong views about IT's engagement with business on the common agenda of lean processes. This is the 19th episode of Clarity Chat podcast and here comes an exciting discussion with Rajesh Uppal of Maruti Suzuki. Welcome Rajesh. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only three decades old, but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success, to help you decode the complexity, to help you leverage partners effectively, to help you partner with business more effectively, to help you manage change better, to help you attract talent, you get this clarity via experiences of CIOs and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea. Welcome to the Clarity Chat podcast. Let me start with a, you know, an interesting quick fire question. So, sir, please answer me like, you know, very quickly that you were very well settled in BHEL and which was like a nice uh, high profile job. You know, everybody wanted in our times, everybody wanted to be in a PSU. And uh, that's when you decided to do some optimization on, on a Delhi trip and you landed up in Maruti. Uh, so tell us about that incident, sir. Okay, thanks. Uh, nice to be there with you, Jadish. Actually, in, in 1984, I was very settled in BHL and BHL, as you know, at that time was a a great company to work with it still is, is frankly and and I was doing very well in IT with a lot of good stuff being done in BHL at that time in IT but you know suddenly a call came from from uh, uh, BHL that they are looking for somebody in IT and I got from interested Maruti. Uh, from Maruti so suddenly you know at that time I was getting married I was engaged and I need to plan for my honeymoon so I thought you know is the so I'm coming for a booking of my ticket in Delhi and somebody will pay for it and then and, and you you prepare for the interview and also I did two things in one day and then came back after that and suddenly I got Maruti offer like and then you know after marriage things stabilized and I said okay let's look at Maruti and then join Maruti and think so it came so incidentally but anyway it has been good journey to I, I can, from BHA to Maruti. But sir, I, I and in 1984, uh, 1984, Maruti was a not known you know, company in the country. You know, just yeah. formed BSU and then and, and just coming out with the product and so on and so forth. But joined the time when the first car was you know produced and, and started selling around at the time. Uh, it's a good journey to be with them for long. I, I I can see that your marriage was very lucky for Maruti. Absolutely, <laughs> for me too. <laughs> 
So with that interesting bit, let's begin. Um, so Rajesh, uh, uh, you know, we have CXOs, founders, IT managers, and technology folks in our audience, and everyone comes to these sessions with a common agenda, which is learning the art of finding success with technologies. And you know, the philosophy, which is important and understood, is like you know, technology is necessary but not sufficient, and it requires uh, you know the management uh, and articulation of value uh, and and a lot of other things which we learn from people. Like so, we will look at this, you know, from the lens of your journey. Rajesh, please tell us about your childhood up to your college and first job. Uh, do you remember anything that gives you any kind of indication that you will land up in IT sometime? Okay, I, I belong to, you know, I was born in Chandigarh and then did my schooling in Patiala, small town in, in Punjab. And, and you know, after my schooling, reached Thapar as my college in, in Patiala, which is the premier institute over there in North. And I was a mechanical engineer, so very hardcore mechanical background and, and started working. I was doing well in the college as, as, as a student. And in the name of IT, I think only thing we learned was 4 and 4 at that time as an elective subject. Luckily for me, you know, I got 50 out of 50 in that final exams in 4 wow. and 4. So, so that showed maybe I had an interest on that. So in campus, I got, got placed with Blarco Industries. But... After two months, I think I got cleared all the all the publicity tests, so landed in BHL. BHL was a very interesting journey. You know, BHL is an organization, I think, where the learning culture, the the way they, they treat their employees and the way they teach has been phenomenal at that time. And then first six months of training, I think they really exposed us to everything which is possible in manufacturing and, and treated us on that. And then suddenly came the time when your department was to be, you know, selected. So being a mechanical engineer, too keen to do those, you know, NC programming, then those kind of shop floor work. And in fact, that was my first choice in, in, in that. But suddenly I couldn't join the final interview panel because of, you know, some family, I had a marriage in my home, so I couldn't come on time, reach on time for the interview. But they looked at aptitude tests which they had taken for IT and all. And based on that test, they by default put me in IT. That's where I you know, shifted to IT from, from hardcore mechanical engineering in, in, in 1984 uh, in, in, in Maruti, in, in, in BHA. But then I think journey for IT started. So, so this is interesting that Mr. Rupal got into IT because he missed his selection into uh, manufacturing. Sir, I was not that lucky. Um, so when uh, when I joined in Tata Motors, you know, there was again this aptitude test for IT. People were preparing for this Y2K and everything. And I think out of 125 odd GETs who wrote the test for getting into IT or MSD, we used to call it at that time. Uh, I think I was one of the very few who did not write that test because I wanted to like, you know, really aapki tere, you know, chalana hai. I wanted to really be that hardcore mechanical engineer, do justice to the stream that I like, you know, studied for four years. But I think I wasn't that lucky. So maybe a decade later, <laughs> I had to again come back. I mean, that's your calling. You can't help it. So, sir, let's move on. So now uh, you, we talk about you know you joining BHEL and then you know landing up in IT so tell us about some you know initial um, initial journey in IT you know when you were kind of new to IT and and you told me that you had very senior experienced people out there tell tell me a little bit about like you know how you made your place in BHEL IT. I think see, when I joined BHEL the technology wise I think BHEL had very very decent technology all mainframes and, and best in the class and so on and so forth and they were doing really some very fine work in engineering uh, and, and and also in, in business areas around. But I didn't know anything like 
I just came from mechanical background and 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 do that. So I think first six month of my working there was really really good. I had some good mentors over there teaching IT, and also I was very clearly opening saying that okay, I don't know anything IT. I need to learn. So a typical day used to start at eight o'clock in the morning till two o'clock in the night working and then learning and getting into that. But after six month, I think I was fairly comfortable. You know, having a decent portfolio and and managing the whole area around. I think it was fairly fairly good and all. And then being BHR in in a, in a campus kind of environment, so it was a good place to work. Very comfortable and 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 lots and lots of learning. I think big learnings over there, which really created foundation for you to get you know things like assembly level programming to to understand what the backend of system works and so on and so forth. Also a business level COBOL and all those things around at that time. I think it has been a very fairly quick journey to look at that and very interesting piece over there. And then then this shift to Maruti came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your marriage and your your marriage to Bhaviji as well as to Maruti. <laughs> Tell us some of your early formative years. You know, we see Maruti as really a very very lean and agile company, and I think very very good on execution. So tell us how IT you know comes uh, front and center in this. What kind of IT culture you have? What was this? What how did the you know those formative years of IT were like? You know, structured and how did it all happen? Jagdish, I think in Maruti, uh, IT came even before the manufacturing came up. Wow. If you remember, we had we had that booking done, you know, in a in a mainframe mode from from uh, office to the Maria Sheraton to do the booking for our vehicles around and do that. Also, I think IT organization was set up even before the manufacturing was there. But interestingly, I think we had some very very visionary leaders in Maruti, people like Sir Bhargav, people like Dr. V. Krishnamurthy and all who were chairman and and GMD at that time. When initial IT IT Maruti organization were created. They created IT as a business vertical, which is parallel to manufacturing, R and D, supply chain, and and you know everybody there. And then in, in remember in eighty three, eighty four, it used to be part of management service somewhere or finance somewhere and all. But I think the value of IT considered by the those visionary at that time was that you create a business vertical of that. And that's what that did to Maruti was and to us was that you know the whole culture of Maruti was into IT is only way to work. Right? And then you need to adopt that into your working. Then really finding some manual system and changing from manual to the to the IT systems or EDP systems. Now I think very clearly in eighty five, first of the system which I can joined and built in Maruti was online. You know, systems were built on mainframes to really control our materials, control our dispatches, and so on and so forth. Kind of thing. You know, I think we were the were very pioneer in that. Reason was that whole culture of IT we could establish between IT that kind of the the recognition in the company and create that culture inside and all, and we could really build some of the very very lean and 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 very very you know system which was not seen in the in the industry at that time to build and all. I think that that that's the kind of culture we could set up at that time in Maruti way back in eighty four eighty five. Okay, so I think I think you know I know there are a lot of business leaders uh, here, you know, a lot of founders and and CEOs here. And the it's a good you know message. For them, that you know, treat IT as as an equal, and put your bets, all your bets on IT. I mean, you know, don't allow any process to first go on a manual mode and then go on a on a technology mode. It has to like start on technology, and I think to. More than any time ever, it's in today that technology allows you to 
do that kind of fast execution and uh, sir i asked you a question around you know like how come how come the execution is so rigorous and i think i got the answer that you know if you are if you don't give any other means for people to do things which is like on technology i think the amount of control that you get the amount of rigor that you can get and the amount of you know i would say the kind of implementation uh, pan organization you, you can get is you know unmatched another uh, important one is like you know the uh, the mentorship from business leaders who are treating it as equals again a message for many of us out there so sir you really narrated uh, you know something which has not come to many of the companies even today which is your procure to pay process please tell us about it yeah that was the first system i i was you know had a chance to build when i joined maruti you know for for any oem factory you know procurement of component and regular has been very very important process to us because 70 80% of your turnover is only the got out correct so i was given the task to really set up that process in maruti we did a lot of benchmarking around and we looked at that and all and this is simple question i you know we, we i personally asked to the to the team was you know all industry works on three way matching you know you get a po you get some lies and and then you get the checking and all then you but you know for us when a component when you have a long term contract with somebody to supply same component every week every day and all why should you do a bill matching kind of? and then in one of the large organization i visited for benchmarking somewhere in in, in east was they had around 200 people doing bill matching to the supplies they were getting from their suppliers and then we said no we have a contract with this guy we know the po price we know the tax he is paying around and all state way we should pay for the whatever supplier is doing in that process what we could build at that time was such a lean process that you should have you know if typically we were done followed that whole company which was a benchmark we would have got another maybe more than 100 people in 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 our finance to do the whole payment to the supplier which is large number of supplies per day and, and to the client so we could really build the system where one person in finance part time could pay the direct checks to all the suppliers that to all the suppliers received by friday on monday morning so i think we could build those kind of very agile system only due to that whole culture of it which which i think has been uh, was built in maruti in 84 85 that we need to have a system which is efficient doesn't have any you know in japanese record in moda which is the wastage in the whole system around and then make it as lean and as efficient it should be back like. and, and that's the very clear one example i shared with you back here so that culture of having looking at things in in, in a lean manner thing like look at in efficient manner has been continuing till now in maruti to really take that whole efficiency to that level oh that's a that's a that's a amazing uh, insight and let me kind of replay what i learned uh, here is you know just focus on the muda in the organization muda that's uh, waste as a japanese concept of muda and you know, the entire 5s and kaizen are built around it i think as it we have a unique position in the company that you know we look at processes and we are able to identify where inefficiencies are and these inefficiencies if we make it our agenda to get rid of them and you know like mr upal uh, mentioned that you know the three way matching taking so 200 people you know doing invoice matching versus half a person doing invoice matching can you ever beat maruti on cost can you ever beat maruti on being lean can't so i think i think we're getting some of the answers uh, there from mr upal so uh, sir a small follow up question here so you know you are paying in uh, suppliers without invoices you are in a way the, the cultural value that i see here is that of trusting your stakeholders right now what happens if any of your lean processes are misused if somebody misuses their trust tell us uh, something you know like where are, what what kind of controls you have to put so that the trust is not 
See, we, we have been working on that trust factor with all our suppliers saying, if we don't inspect anything coming from you, you because we inspect your process which you use to manufacture your, your component. And if you certified that process, we will not inspect coming here because that process is so certified that you'll get the good quality coming here. In our context, yes, you know, we, we, we ask them to supply material to the line and, and the certificate can be and all. Maybe there are checks and balances of sample counting, maybe 5%, 10% of that and all to see to it that we are going in line. And since the you know processes are so well-tuned, frankly, so that you know you have inventory of less than a day. So if some supplies get short, by evening you get to know. You don't need to really wait for quarter end and, and you know year end to do some reconciliation around. It happens every day. The line will stop if something happens on that amount. So I think both checks and balances of sample checking, maybe putting right penalties if somebody do that and all, which normally doesn't but doesn't do in, in our in our environment. I've seen that and all. But that's working very fine and with our kind of volume with around thirty to forty thousand supplies coming every day. I think these kind of leanness really help us to really be efficient and, and, and work it out. But you're right, those kind of control checks and Benefits are important to do that in our contest. You need to do that by by sampling process or anything of that kind. Or like you know, uh, you had mentioned that you know if there are discrepancies, then ten times of that discrepancy amount is something you know that 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 is the penalty and all that. Important one, you know, you have to trust, but you have to also uh, you know balance that trust with controls. If you can like quickly tell us that you know the important thing that I captured here also was that you know this was not the age of ERP. The ERP kind of ERPs came somewhere in nineties. You did all of this automation and lean thinking and all of that without ERP. Tell us like some of that experience and how hard it was to shift to an ERP. Yeah. I think our efficiency level of fairly you know decent including you know connectivity with our suppliers and, and the data transfers and all those things. In fact, so those, those kind of systems were in place in Maruti and we thought we were doing very well as as, as a IT owner. But major challenge was that time was the you know stability of your application because the employee, you know, the, the US market was hot and people learn those mainframes in Maruti was you know hot commodity to be used in US by the, all those body shoppers there and all. So, so for us, major challenge was not really the IT efficiency. Challenge was IT problem that you know we don't have people who can sustain those applications. So with that, we thought ERP would be a good bet to look at that, and then we really looked at all the possible options there and all, and we selected one of the Oracle at that time to really be our ERP partner. But after working for six months, we our business said the efficiencies which we have now with with the ERP coming will come down drastically from there. You know, supplier connectivity which we are doing right now will not be possible in the ERP. And that's time versus around and all. So we took a very conscious call that no. I think for us, efficiency and sustaining those businesses are very important for us. So we, we stopped that that whole implementation and it was being done by one of the leading consulting uh, company in India. But we took a halt that, okay, let's stop at that time. After maybe four to five years, we were very much matured and we could really build a very hybrid kind of environment where best of breed come from the our own IPs and all and more of, most of those IPs were registered as a digital IP night and had the basic system of records coming from, from ERP and then make them work together on a real-time basis to ensure that you get best of both. I think that was the approach in 2005 
we we thought of that and all and try to build that in the company and it's still been sustaining there and also we have a right now option of both best of breed applications and the ERP working real time thinking together that has been the approach which we have been following till now. I think the important question is that you know you cannot in the quest for ERP you cannot really let go of all the wins that you've had and I think many people have learned that you have to balance you know what needs to is that yin and yang you know what you need to preserve and what you need to change and thank you for that sir. So now uh, coming to another question uh, and you know that will then sort of lead us to the CRM question is like you know how do you structure uh, yourself for systematic innovation and for digital adoption? I think it's very important because in, in any IT organizations you have to really sustain what you are doing right because running the you know organization and a company of our size sustaining that is very important but along with that you need to have a innovation also going parallel so that was the one area which i think and then also for doing both the things you need a different mindset of people you need somebody who can experiment who can you have somebody who can do a lot of fail fast and then look for new technologies around so maybe almost eight years back i we created a separate organization whose job is to innovate and those people have a very different background they are not really typical IT people, they are coming from business backgrounds. Their job is to really create those business cases of, of change. Create those those initiatives which can be taken up to, to change the business to next level or to transform it going forward. So that organization, I think, started doing a lot of new initiatives like this to work on that. Maybe DMS was also one of those initiatives came from those teams to work with us. And then similarly, I think we need a lot of uh, innovation done by those teams focus on that. So I think the, the my thinking very clearly is have a separate team looking at innovation, have sustained your business with the team and all, and then have a right profile of people doing that job, actually, because you need a different mindset to do that job, you know, and then sustain that going forward. I think that, that's very critical so that once those things are stable, maybe bring it back to the IT team to really, you know, run it, sustain it and, and take it forward. Uh, it is very important to have both innovation and the sustaining IT run simultaneously the organization because both has a need different skills but both has to work together as we go along. Absolutely. I think um, you know, key message here is to have people, the right profile of people, you know, who are not having, you know, those day-to-day responsibilities of, you know, like to the upkeep of a system or, you know, or, or to make some changes into an existing system but just to look at like, you know, future uh, look outside. They are the people who should be really bringing a lot of outside-in ideas you know, bringing in best practices from other industries or you know just doing some tinkering around on ideas and doing a fail fast uh, by the way i mean this is, this is something similar that we did i remember in it because of uh, heavily outsourced nature of it in, in tata motors uh, we were always hiring literally we were hiring managers who could manage those partners and then when we were looking at digital uh, transformation we realized that listen that's not going to work out because you know you don't know first of all what to do in digital transformation so you know the, the fundamental any outsourcing relationship the fundamental document is an SO now you cannot have a you know clear SOW in this case. We actually started hiring GETs and PGTs in IT after a long, long time. I think after maybe two decades. And uh, these are the people again, you know, to uh, something similar to what you did. We, we hired them from the best of MBA institutes and the best of engineering colleges, and then you know sort of gave them the whole agenda of getting new age apps and you know the new technology layers that we needed. So, um, sir, uh, before I go to the next question, let me let me again bring in some comments here from the audience so we have Shu Subramaniam M I think from Chennai it's been great to see someone who holds three major functions HR, IT and safety all in different domains how do you manage what made you get these functions
function how do youngsters like me uh, prepare for the same so sir question how do you prepare how do you scale yourself up okay i think lot of opportunity come when you are in, in working in any environment around it's up to you to how to really don't just get those opportunities to to coming in your way and you grab that opportunity to get into that's the point number 1 for me you know from it i started looking at learning as one initiative because learning was becoming digital and, and my board said okay why can't you look at learning and also so tell us sir, sir tell us the entire story you know the whole plan to set up a maruti invest okay see that, that time in one of the board meeting our chairman was our achar gave a proposal to chairman that okay we as a large organization should have a training academy like you know Tata has or or many other operation have you know but you know Mr Bhagar's vision that time was that okay this age having a brick and mortar is not a easy to look at that one we should look at something which is very technology oriented virtual to look at that which is not knowledge centric that's where this whole opportunity came to me to look at this and work it out and then in next board meeting I presented to, to the board that we should like have a virtual academy maybe one tenth of the cost which which HR was asking for but then you know go ahead came from chair Mr Bhagar that please go ahead and do that. not if this can be done so after 6 8 months when he came to inaugurate that whole journey of building that up he said wow this was what i was looking for and that's i think best compliment you can get from visionary like mr bagar in this area so that's where we you know learning started and after when the, the training academy was doing good maybe hr also said okay let's split the hr into two parts let's take out the learning part from hr and merge it with the academy and that's where i got into the whole complete learning the comp- and from there i went into you know function of hr as a complete you know moving from learning to hr again is on the opportunity available at the time to handle that but as the way my key message to you know all the people here is you know you can have large number of you know functions and all but for you really to get right people who can manage right manage those functions and and you can't do a micromanagement you need to give them you know the the directions to work and then let them perform on on the on the on the direction and all so that they can really build that up to do that around that they're getting into that okay i mean i'm not really sure on will it do good or not so give him all all empowerment to really drive that and all i think that that's what today in all the three functions which i manage is and all we have a very very competent people manages each function they 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 are doing a great job today and all and somehow credit comes to me that things are happening there all but i think the whole end of there is a team which is running there and all are really really bright people we have they have been driving those functions very very meticulously that's the way so sir we are automobile people so i have got a you know a print visualization for this you know is actually when you are driving a car you know it's actually the engine and the powertrain and the wheels and you know all the other stuff which is doing the most important person the most important function in driving a car is that of holding the steering and they also say that you know the lighter you hold the steering the better you have control on the car and i think if i convert it to what you said like you know have Absolutely. really strong have really strong engine powertrain and everything and 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 do a light touch on the steering the car will move hey i am your podcast host jagdish belwal i had a rich career as cio at tata motors and ge Now as an advisor I help organizations transform with technology. Technology is necessary for digital transformation but not sufficient. So I help organizations with the rest of it. Leadership, strategy, culture, change management, etc. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. For now, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on linkedin 
So we have another question coming from uh, Manoj. They've achieved almost everything in technology, but is still any two things you would like to change? Okay, Manoj, I think very interesting question. In in, in technology, I think there's nothing like Nirvana, Tejara, nothing more to be done. The problem with technology is that technology innovations are very, very short. You know, I still remember 2005, we did DMS. We thought we are out of the world and all. And after two years, everybody had the DMS, right? And maybe some of them did better job than us because they had learning from our there in, in the whole, you know, process to be there and all. So in technology, I think one thing each organization has to believe in is you have to continue to raise the bar if you want to be in business. So how can you really keep on innovating newer and newer way of thinking into that how business can run more efficient or you can find new opportunity of business using technologies. You need to keep on doing that regularly and all and take it that after after three to six months, somebody will catch it up. Right? They will also do that for you. But your ability to continuously innovate, I think, will is a big differentiator for you. And that's something you need to sustain back here in the organization if you want to have that kind of thing around. So maybe, you know, IT to digital to, to anything new technology coming in. But technology will, I mean, my personal belief is, you know, it's your your incapability to visualize what you can be done and all. I think that's the limiting factor and all. If you can think of something great can be done, I think it, it, it's possible to do technology today also. So technology will never be a limiting factor, but your ability to visualize the new way of working, new way of making a business, new business model or do that and all, I think that's the limitation and all. If you can focus on that, Technology anyhow will come to support you to do that. No, absolutely, absolutely, Mr. Opal. So well said that, you know, it's it's always your mind will always be the limitation, not the technology. You know, how big can you think uh, with technology? So very well said. Remember in 2005 when we were doing the DMS, <laughs> the technology was, everything is not possible to do, you know, but, but I think we could really achieve that and all. We could connect length and breadth of system, system in right. each and a dealership to really run their business of that. It was a, was a, you know, more of a mindset issue at that time than really a technology. So no, absolutely, absolutely, sir. And, uh, you know, just to, just for all the audience in around 2003 onwards, I was, I was driving the CRM program in Tata Motors and, uh, you know, Mr. Upal's team was parallelly driving the CRM DMS kind of uh, a DM, CRM through DMS kind of program in Maruti and uh, I am sure that you know there were a lot of people in the vendor community in the partner community who were actually talking to both of us and we were learning from each other it wasn't direct but you know that's the power of being in the same industry that you know you get the learning from each other yeah and you know we'll uh, my my next question is on that you know but I first you know I'm actually I'm seeing a lot of first timers here so I just wanted to acknowledge them quickly so I have uh, Praveen Savan here. Hi, Praveen. Uh, good to see you here. I think it's your first time if I'm correct. And we have Sunil Mehta. You can't believe it. It's our Sunil Mehta. This guy has put a 20 years older version of his photo on uh, LinkedIn. I don't know what he wants to do with that. Maybe, you know, we know we know, we know what kind of a calm day we so maybe because of that. Uh, sorry, Sunil. It was to pull your leg, okay? So, Abhishek Duvedi, first timer from, from Lucknow. Wow, we have Prashant from Dubai. Uh, we have Jyoti Prasad, we have Amrut from Mumbai. We have Senthil uh, from Bangalore. Okay, so we have like I mean I have uh, you know a flood of questions here, uh, Mr. Paul. So let me let me 
let me quickly go back to our <laughs> you know our agenda and i don't want to miss out on that question about you know the prm and dms so you know we have you have mentioned it in a a, a little bit in the past but tell us like you know the whole digital transformation is actually like you know expanding your footprint of your data much much beyond your organization boundaries to like you know whether it's your suppliers dealers customers insurance partners and all of that and you did that very well so how has that journey been and you know just just walk us through some of it and i think uh, i want a lot of learnings for you know people who are trying to connect their ecosystem and finding challenges with that uh, especially with respect to change management and building trust with your I think for us having see for any auto company I think the more efficient the touch point at the dealership is is something which is very critical because they don't talk to OEM directly they come to dealer network and and our thought was that they should be very efficient to look at and way back in uh, 95 we said okay let's have a offline system at dealership to standardize them to work in their efficiencies and all and work together so that's where the whole DMS concept came up with the offline end of the day data file used to come to us for orders or or supplies from us to them and all we were running very fine on that uh, 2004 2005 and then at that time we thought uh, though individually they are efficient but as a, as a, as a enterprise are we efficient we said thought of that and all like do we have visibility on their 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 stock levels at the spare parts uh, workshops and all can we help them in the algorithms to build that what kind of stocking they should have and so on so forth and also to improve the efficiencies and also from customer standpoint if you walk into any showroom of ours or any workshop of ours do we know you that's where the whole thought of this whole central crm system of dms came up and in in 2004 2005 and it was a very exciting journey because that time you know these were not available at off the shelf software we did all global rfp we could find anybody else and all that's where the whole concept of uh, ground up building started with our partners that time it was a very interesting journey very troublesome journey at that time initially because the you know sometimes the network issue sometimes sometimes you know such a high scale of uh, system where more than 30000 people are logging into a system from in 2005 i'm talking about from the dealerships and all somewhere is not working customer is waiting for deliveries initially because your system is not responding and so on so i think we had our own set of challenges to look at that but i think hats off to my really the sponsor of this system which is the my my director marketing at that time who's currently in fact incidentally handles the okay globally marketing for told me very clearly that all you will have some initial issue on that and all but i think his support to really make sure that we find each and every problem we remove that problem from the system and create a new system which is much more stable and all though this transition period was very you know tough for us to manage you know a lot of complaints coming from dealers on you know customers are waiting a lot of escalation coming and all but i think very very strong team i had in in it who really looked at each and every feature emphasized that along with the partner and today it's become you know lifeline for us to look at that and all and that's why become, after that i think in india this has become a business model then any oem come in they will use in that kind of central system to manage the whole and your ability to consume the data and and improve on your functioning because if you have 50% market share you get a lot of customer insights and all how do you consume those insights and work on that that's where the whole you know journey of improvement starts from there where we started and today you know dms in 2005 6 and today dms now is whole you know 
maybe monetarily different than that to work because a lot of inputs, a lot of learnings, and all. And then today is much much mature, and today it's a global system of Suzuki globally. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a that's a great achievement that you know innovating and improvising something in India that becomes like you know a global uh, sort of standard for. But importantly, sir, I think it's a journey of continuous improvement. You never know what's going to hit you next. And I I, I believe even dealers complain about you. What was that? These are not easy systems to implement because the whole change and information visibility is always a big challenge. So yes, was and then also frankly, we were also not too stable initially. No? We were also learning at that time. There were a lot of complaints, a lot of you know things against us. But again, I said these are part of the change management cycle. You know, I mean, you will get uh, while you are doing transformation. I think one big focus is your goal. If you are very clear with that and all, I think you will get a lot of these kind of disruption coming in complaints. And sometimes complaint doesn't come from the from the technology area around. Complaints come somewhere else, and the problem is somewhere else. Like right? you'll get those messages from your users or onto the, those area around. But I think your whole focus, your right sponsorship, your right clarity on what you are going to do for business are very critical and all. And then driving those change management. And then I always say that frankly, you know, making a new IT. System is fifty percent of task. That's fifty percent is that your change drive which can do that. And all that's then only you can really achieve the what you do. No, absolutely, sir. And you know, I mean, same thing with my experience also that there's so much going around in your processes, and you know, eighty percent of it people don't know kind of inefficiencies which exist. Uh, I'll give you a small example, and it's actually very very past, so I can talk about the first time when we did our DMS. You know, so we had the dealers started complaining about the pricing uh, management because the price was being set up by Tata. Motors for one product, one city, and all. We and we had a situation which nobody in the company knew about, which was that if a dealer is receiving the same model from Jamshedpur and the same model from Pune, okay, it had two different prices for the customer, and nobody even imagined that. So when we set, when we were setting it up, the dealer complained, "How how can you not let me set up this price? Is it like same product, same city? How can you have two different prices?" And then we resolved that, you know. So we resolved that uh, very collaboratively with them. But you are right, you know, when you set up a system, the information transparency it brings. Actually, unnerves a lot of people. It uh, makes a lot of people uneasy, and you have to resolve it. And that's your, you know, change management before you start moving on. So it's that chaos theory that you know when you try to improve something, first goes down and then it then it goes up. Everyone talking about it today, the semiconductor shortage, and how are you dealing with it? I know it's not an IT question. It's not an IT question, but I think from IT standpoint, I personally feel the focus on risk management through technology has not been very strong for us. You have been focusing on business systems and all, but driving a technology-based risk management, I think, is a big, big need which we have ignored for a long time. Going forward, I think using technology for risk management in the company really attract lots and lots of uncertainty to be managed by us. And then risk management is no more a you know art is is a big science today and all. Can we really build that science into the whole organization through technology, through people capability to drive that, and through right processes to do that? I think it's very very important for us. So so I think for me, big learning from this whole shortage is that do you have right kind of process for your risk management or not? Is somewhere and then somewhere it's very difficult to do at all. When chip manufacturers, you know. You know that are very few, and 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 you know we manage them. But still, I think my big learning from this is very clearly: are you have have the right kind of risk management process in the company or not? I think COVID or shortages and all this 
and has very clearly hinting us to do that. And all, I think a lot of investment in IT has to go into that area forward as a, as a project to manage risk in the larger. Absolutely, absolutely. And and some of it is like you know mapping all your supply chain linkages across absolutely. the various linkages and, and create a visibility on that. Absolutely, See, absolutely. Uh, not only the linkages, linkages you already have, but creating those visibility in, inside that to really get the early signals. No, absolutely, sir. I have many more questions, and you know maybe you know uh, we will see if we can take them once we finish this agenda. So we are like you know about eight nine minutes six o'clock. Uh, but I hope you have. Uh, do you have another five or ten minutes so that I can yes. I can cover more questions? My office is there. Just six forty-five. Okay, okay. No, that's great. That's great. Thanks for building that buffer for us. Okay. So, sir, then I will then then I can take much more questions. So you know we uh, you were talking about you know building a completely new business you know with IT enablement the Maruti insurance business. So. Tell us about you know how being in I mean how how did you how did you do that and what kind of challenges you overcome. I think in in early 2000s we were looking for new businesses which could be you know get revenue on for Maruti Finance, we own insurance. Those are but very very new area we thought of and technology was very clear based on. We got very strong leaders who could drive this project for us at that time and together on technology I think we could bring in that big transformation at that time in in insurance which was just you know at that time age the whole industry used to work with you know at the time of delivery of vehicle you do a cover note and all and give it to the customer. And later on, you get a policy after a month to your house to that. We said we are getting into this business as as an intermediary or as a broker. We will not get into those reconciliations around and all because one side we have four insurance partner, other side the customer, and then with a dealer in between. It will be very complex process of you know having multiple stage of doing this. We said we'll, we'll do an online insurance policy and with a real time connect between the insurance. Provider and at leadership to do that for us and all as a as a working business and and first time we could create that and all though again there we had lots and lots of challenging initially you know system is not working so the customer is waiting for insurance and without insurance customer vehicle cannot deliver around and all but very quickly we could stabilize that system to manage insurance policies online given to the customers and later on maybe even the even the cashless the, the cashless the repairs and and, and claims at the leadership everything could done. On, the, on those platforms to ensure that as a customer you get those services available and all. Really, really you know, reduce a lot of cycle times of, of support and a lot of transparency so that you know you can manage this and all. It was a big, big change we could bring in to manage the the, the transformation and getting Marathi away from the traditional business of sales to new areas like this and all. And my friend Kalsi, his senior colleague of mine, really drove this whole business very well to drive. Oh, no, that's that's great. And I think, you know, it's like, you know, focus on focusing on the customer needs and then as you mentioned earlier also like you know just 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 take it for granted that technology will be able to do it and uh, don't take no for an answer from the technology uh, really uh, good one sir we have another uh, question here from Sandeep Batra which is uh, industry 4.0 initiatives at Maruti now I know you've been doing uh, something on this for a very very long yeah see in auto industry connecting software to the business system I think has been a very old phenomenon. I, mean, I still remember in '98 when I took over the head of IT in Maruti. First system I was working on was that connecting all the softwares to IT and then run the IT operations through a strong MES system over there and all. And we could build that up in '98-'99 timeframe, where each and every vehicle, each and every operator, uh, PLC the software was connected. Each and every operator was given task that okay, 
for this car, this component you have to fit in and variant control we could take manage from our side and also even the quality parameters in the line or communication to the supplier for the right communication for real-time supply to the line. I think we could manage those kind of systems very early around. So the point, short point I'm making is connected manufacturing has been a very, very old phenomena in, in auto industry, especially if some people who are working at scale. Now, going forward now, I think the technology has enabled even the non assembly line operations like you know, your machines and your castings and those they are around to be connected which has been done to very large extent now and again these are the industry 4.0 is again I'm not saying is the ERP you put into place and tomorrow onward you are you know smart you need to have very clearly journey in this to look at that around. and where you have a right platform to work with you have a right kind of users to do it and uh, you have that right kind of visualization tool to manage it and right capability of users to consume see when it comes to the newest technologies like industry 4.0 uh, it's very important for any organization to create that capability to consume they are unlike ERP systems where you know IT given the system and tomorrow onwards you start using it now here you need to really work you need to understand the context and, and then consume it accordingly and all or redo it again to really find find another way of doing it and all. I think these are the systems where you need to have a right framework of technology. You need to have right kind of processes to consume and including security and also right kind of people to consume it and all. And as I said, it's a journey. I have seen a very, very high impact on a mature organization like ours also having the efficiency going up further where some shop, you know, we could really change the efficiency level that we had to stop working extra shift on that to manage same production around. So those are those are kind of advantages you can benefit you can get that and all. But you need to have a right strategy to drive this and all and it's a journey, it's a long journey, especially in, in shops where uh, where, where we have a legacy equipment around it. I mean, new plants are coming up right now in Industry 4.0 straight away. But I think in the older plants, take time to the, you know run and work and all and stabilize that. No, absolutely. I think I would really like to stress on that point, uh, Mr. Opal, on like, you know, creating the, having the capacity to consume because shop floors where, you know, you're trying to do IoT, these are like really busy, busy, busy places. I mean, people you should just be there like for an hour just to see that nobody has time there. So, you know, to kind of like, you know, create that that gave that might can say the urgency or you know the importance that you know somebody takes out time for you to do something there that's a that's a big task and i think you need to do some homework for that thank you for that sir now sir another question coming from Senfil. so with everyone sir before i go to that question with everyone's permission i would like to go for you know another 15 minutes lots of engagement lots of questions out there i have some of my own rapid fire spending here even though i can see a couple of them are being answered as people are asking them so we'll go until about uh, 6 15 with which is when I would, you know, sort of uh, wrap up. So this is a question from Senthil. Can you throw light from your experience on how IT helped to support R&D planning, delivery efficiency and innovation, continuous improvement, primarily or R&D? See, for us, uh, R&D, as you know, is, is, a, is a collaboration between SUT and Maruti. And we have one virtual organization together which works on this and all with a lot of technology support coming to drive those innovations in the company to handle that. But I can talk about digital innovations, I think. That, that, that's very important to us to look at that today. You know, your customer journeys and all those areas around is a big focus for us. And my, again, I said, what, what I said earlier was we started innovation as a separate center and driving innovation around. Today, that innovation center is, is a digital enterprise as an organization. So their job is to really look at each domain 
domain of areas which they are looking at and this enterprise we we try to really get them into a different technology domains to work on whether it's iot whether it's uh, analytics and, and agile and all those things around and and make sure that they do those projects with very clear understanding on that what end objective they are meeting around so they they are they are they are like a consultants with business and creating those new age use cases and all and our solution model uh, selling at the dealership is one outcome coming out of those digital enterprise that now today we, we you can start buying a car you can subscribe with car or on a, on a platform where or we have a you know finance marketplace where as a customer you can log into our marketplace and get a right finance from the, all the partners we have we have on on the that platform and so on so forth so i think you are directed i'm again saying my experience very clearly has been based on your whole need for the businesses create those specialized skills separately focus on those areas around and get that whole value out of the thing but very clear focus on that what business value you want to create over there and and how much percentage of business will come from the new around whether it is the you know new way of revenue generation or reducing cost and so on and so forth create those right organizations with right skill to drive it and empower them to do that and all and in fact we have lots and lots of bright youngsters who can drive those changes in the enterprise like ours no absolutely and you know when uh, mr upal and i were talking about it we were kind of musing that you know maybe we we need to learn a little bit from you know that pre sales process of our partners you know where they you tell them that hey you know this is the business outcome we are looking at and they kind of go back and you know work through a sort of a coherent it uh, solution around it so it's like you know some of what mr upal uh, tells us is around creating that kind of pre sales capability within it where you look at business problems you know outcomes and the, you know and 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 create a coherent uh, you know sto- coherent and credible story of you know executing uh, that and and uh, that sort sort of uh, should get you the funding so interesting one sir uh, you know having a internal pre sales now another one sir this is from pavan integrated logistics management system i think maruti runs logistics at a scale nobody can match or comprehend so maybe you know just a couple of insights on that quick one i think we run a very strong control tower to monitor around 18000 vehicle carriers which take our vehicle so so tracking them and giving visibility to the dealers that you know your vehicle are where it is and 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 what time it is received at what pace it is coming to you and so on i think we run a very very strong control tower to manage that whole logistics operations to manage our our option 24 by 7 being consumed by our transport companies also to really get that alarms on you know where it is stuck and so on so advising them what route to take today so that so that you will not stuck at uh, at any place around and on and so on so forth i think we we manage that whole everything fairly efficient but i think this is one area which i personally feel is very very highly unorganized in the country as logistics as a system and going forward this is one big area of we have a lot of you know automation to this and all but my personal feeling is a lot more will have to be done going forward no absolutely absolutely sir sir another comment from jagdish tambi he is also a regular here in your perspectives on innovation few organization leaders have the patience to give time for innovation they look for outcomes results similar to operations your business I think we covered it, sir. So I think I can skip that. Yeah, you you covered it very well. Then yeah, and I can see that this is somebody you know who's working in another Japanese organization. So Upalsan. <laughs> hey, partner. Good to see you here. <laughs> okay. So now another question here is, sir, uh, usage of latest emerging technologies like blockchain in supply chain, IoT for manufacturing. IoT we covered. AI ML. Maybe you know if you're doing something, we can do that. And effective management of partner and retaining retaining teams very important in current context and uh, managing partners. Again, we talked about the asymmetry of talent. So yeah, I think good questions there. 
all, I think very interesting today and all. So what we are trying to get is creating those COEs in each area around. Now, whether it's AI, ML or uh, IoT or those areas around and all. And, and those COEs have people from your own organization and also have your partner, uh, you know, supplement their organization. But they run in, in, in a one uh, organization, drive those focused technology use cases and, and try to look at that to manage it and all. So, and also, frankly, today, some of those technologies are very and And, you know, organization like us, which is traditional uh, in, in their whole, you know, organization structure, you know, can't really retain or hire those people from others around. So we need to really get those capability built through a right kind of partnership to really drive those uh, initiatives that come. Somewhere you need to understand the vendor management. Somewhere you need to have those right kind of frameworks in place to drive those projects. And that's where things like, you know, your right agile framework or, or those comes into place where you can manage as a one virtual team coming from various parts of the country or based on the world into one team and all, but driving those agile projects. I think ensuring those framework in the organization is going to be very critical, drive those innovation, which I think is going to be very important for us. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, some good uh, takeaways from there. One is get started, you know, create some you know, cross-functional COEs, at least let people start working on that and come come back, you know, with, your, with their observations or opportunities. And very importantly, involve your partners because they are the ones who are innovating. They are the ones who are like, you know, working with many other people. Involve them as part of your own uh, Thank you uh, for that, sir. Then um, I have one more question. We kind of lost track. Yeah. So, uh, um, most important transition to leading people to leading leads when you grow up. Very important question. Sentil, I think it's very important. One focus you should have is, and let me very clearly, is how you improve on your own capability. That learning quest, which I just shared in the beginning, which I started in Maruti. Uh, in BSL for me, I think still continue. I can't sleep without reading a book for some time every day. Right? So you right now, you know, these are all our important facets in your leadership when you work on. But while doing so, are you really? You can't be expert on anything around and all because your young people will be much more expert, especially in the technology today. But your ability to really understand and and build your capabilities as we go along and and keep that your capability building as an agenda for yourself is very critical at all levels. And especially at, at leadership level with your experience with your networking and partnership with, with your colleagues around are you able to manage those uh, leaders or not like, and, and, and maybe mentoring those people around and I've been mentoring a lot of people uh, today they need to be leaders themselves actually so I think that approach of creating leaders at our level is very very critical and then make sure that they become capable to drive going forward while doing so improve your capability to guide I think is very important that's way of my way of working the organization and uh, yeah, so sir, you you also mentioned earlier that you know like delegate, you know empower them, delegate, uh, delegate, delegate stuff to them. And you know, I think I think trust them. Those are the things that are hard when you go from a manager to a leader. So uh, it's not a question though. But, uh, and inside from Uditya again, an old colleague who have different teams for innovation and uh, BAU at Tata Motors, we did the same for CRM DMS initiatives by business teams. And once it got matured, it handed got handed over to mainstream IT. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh, thanks, uh, Uditya, for reminding that. So, you know, there were a few of us who given the task to the entire CRM DMS and we were kept outside of IT. And uh, we were like, you know, iterating it almost on like, you know, weekly uh, basis. And once we kind of scaled it up to a certain level and matured it, that was the time I was heading it. And, you know, my boss uh, used to tell me that Jagdish, I think now it's mature enough to be handed over to IT. And I was working on that entire transition process to uh, Manish, who was CIO at the time. And I used to like tell him, when 
are you taking over? When are you taking over? And and it so happened that he got a better opportunity that time. And the reverse transition happened. IT came to me, and I over both there. PRM head and CIO together. Anyways, that was an interesting incident. Thanks, Aditya, for reminding that. So I think you know, I mean, there are so many questions. I I can't uh, you know cover all of them. So in the interest of time, I will move towards the last part of our chat, which is the rapid fire. Sir, just one minute per question. How do you build a business centric IT team in Maruti? IT, I think you need to have people who understand business. And either you can, and then what I did was getting people in IT after maybe ten years in the business, and then getting them to IT, teach them IT, and become part of that. But or maybe exposing IT people to go out and work in 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 business area and come back to IT after that. But I think having that business centricity in IT is very very critical around. If you want to do something good in IT, I think that is one of the important area to teach people that you know having business understanding is there. Technology you can get. So partners should not be a challenge at all. But I think business centricity is very important. Create the right people to have that. Absolutely, absolutely. So my second rapid fire was about you know killing yourself up from CIO to you know plus plus. I think you covered that, so I'll skip that question. Then third one was you know how do you leverage partners to innovate and build capital? Maybe one or two things beyond what you earlier said. How do you strategically engage with them to build capital? I think this is one area where my this innovation team has done a great job. Getting with them, creating good POCs. In fact, we used to do a IT fest, very interesting festival that you know our, our whole innovation team will work with all partners together, create those POCs, and then in a big hall in the company we used to have a festival where you know all those POCs are demonstrated to them, and then we make all business users to come and have a look at that and you know, to understand you know how this POC has been done. Is there a use case of that in your area to handle that and all? So I think a lot of our partners. Big or small has really helped us to really create that whole consumption at the at the user level to understand what technology can do for them, and they think and create that whole demand for for digital or IT to them to really be consumed over there. And that's a big challenge today that IT can think of this thing unless business take ownership and say, okay, I want this and all the way, and this is my use case or improvement. So that's that's the demand we 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 need to create to handle that and all. And that's where I think all these partners really helped us to create those uh, POCs, those those use cases in in live environment to be con- used by everybody. I think it has been a big big support on that. So great insight, you know, um, involve them, co-create with them. And don't just co-create with them, you know, market them inside in terms of tech fests or you know POC showcases and all of that. Okay. So, sir, next one was on change management. So again, you know, we talked about change management, but maybe you know, if you remember one, uh, any one short incident on change management. Change management, I think, has been uh, there. See again, my, my my thinking on change management very clearly is the way IT is driven in the organization. We need to look at that. See, always IT take that this is my project to do that and all. I will drive it. For me, any project is a business project and to be driven by business themselves. You can be co-sponsor with them. End of the day, ownership of that driving change has to be with business, and they need to drive change in in the area to handle that and all. You need to support them and all. And for me, any IT project is not complete. With the rollout, all IT projects are complete at the time. The business value you envisage, you got that value, and in, in that in that journey, lot of solution which we are envisage has to get changed as we go along after implementation because you are not getting that right value. Right? So I think that's the way. How do you organize your IT projects in the in the organization? Is a is a, is a different thinking you need to 
put that in place for that value delivery to be done and that to done together. No, absolutely, sir. I mean, so that reminds me of, you know, one incident myself, uh, you rightly said. So we implemented a spare parts, uh, you know, this planning forecasting system. And uh, after a year, I just requested that the spare parts had to jointly review the business value realization and none of the metrics had moved. None of the metrics had moved from the baseline ones that we had done. You know, as we discussed why and why, <laughs> it's funny that to handle that entire system and to drive value from them, they required two spare parts planners, which was a new role, which was not existing. And that had not been approved by HR. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we moved on that, but, you know, we said, okay, you know, let's first get two contractors, you know, immediately to uh, do that for you. And then, you know, like we together went to HR and then they showed up. So, yeah, these are like things, you know, which can happen. Sir, last one, uh, last uh, uh, one. What is the culture of, what is the IT culture at Maruti? What did you, uh, what are the things that you do to make it an equal partner in business? Four or five elements. I think IT need a very, very strong skills of two things, I think. One is that IT should build its credibility first. So that people come and trust on you that, okay, this is the people who are talking business history. That's point number one. Number two, I think in partnership and networking or a communication, I think that's the huge skill. And we just talked about pre-sell skills around. Yeah, I think that's the big, big, big need for IT people to go and, and make people realize that what value you can create for us. And once they get convinced of that, I think it will be always be a, Social journey and and important thing is I think for IT to think about how can you make your business users winner if they win if they create their own you know business to a next level you will always win along with them fact because you have them to that side so how do you create those winners in the business is the very important no, absolutely absolutely so sir done with the, my uh, uh, you know rapid fire questions now if I have been asking you all the questions with a one way traffic so we can do a little bit to reverse the so your question to me sure Jigdish I think for you. You know, we, we have worked together as a, as a, as a, you know, in the industry friends around to, for a long time, you know. And again, my belief has been, you know, running IT is one thinking and all, but unless you start running businesses, your mindset is very different to do that. Like you, you, you know, when I still remember, you know, doing technology solutions for the business user. And then when I started heading that business unit, if the problem happened, another, they were thinking was very differently out of that and all. Right. So what's your take on, you know, basically running from a, from a traditional work and become a, Entrepreneurs, what kind of mindset change required and people who are who are then an audience to look at that? And you have gone through that journey yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, sir. So, sir, like a few things. That's I think a great question. One of the best reverse questions asked to me. So, number one is, you know, again, this is something that you also mentioned to me that you know, like say that I don't know it, you know, and then you start learning it. So when I became an entrepreneur, I had to admit that I don't know this part. I learned it. I actually, uh, you know, signed up with coaches, you know, and like you know just learned you know what is it uh, to you know like even like for example create a deck for yourself okay <laughs> and you know what works what doesn't work because when the big realization was for me was you know when i used to start talking to people it was like what i have done and i you know the big shift mind shift for me that my coaches brought to me is that no people are not looking at what you're doing people are looking at what can you help them with so you have to start with what is the customer's problem that you're going to solve they say hey i solve these this this problem from the customer very simple sounds simple but when we come 
come from like, you know, those big executive uh, roles. Uh, that's the starting point that I had to completely change. Then it has been around, you know, again, learning, you know, the, all the CA taxes and all of that, you know, what are the different uh, models and all. So I've taken it more as a learning again, you know, with that attitude that I don't know everything. So I've been always looking at experts around me, trying to find an expert who's better than me to learn. So it's been a huge learning curve. I think the last one, very, very importantly is, you know, so I have always believed in uh, processes and technology. And this is one place, you know, being an entrepreneur is, you know, where you have to eat your dog food, own dog. I can say if somebody asked me today, you know, how do you use technology? Come, I'll showcase you how as a, even as a solopreneur, I can use technology. I've got Microsoft Teams. I've got wikis, you know, outlining all my entire, my clarity chat process is on a Wikipedia, internal Wikipedia, my entire, uh, you have seen my processor, you know, the entire flow chat is on a flow to kind of manage the time. So I have set up a lot of internal processes, set up a team and I use technology internally as much as possible. Of course, not everything because I still don't have a website if some people have noticed out there. But yeah, it's like, you know, trying to eat your own dog food, what you're preaching, you're trying to practice and uh, approaching it with a learner's mindset. It's been like, you know, I feel I feel young again because I'm learning so much. But thanks for that question. Sir. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Wow, what an enriching discussion with Rajesh Upal. I loved it. I hope you too loved it. If yes, do subscribe to Clarity Chat Podcast, available on all major podcasting platforms. In our next podcast, I will host Anjani Kumar, CIO of Strides, a pharma major. Watch out for our next Clarity Chat Podcast with Anjani.